Father, we thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for the time that we have spent in your presence through singing, through um, communion, through giving. And now as we come to the time to look into your word, we ask that your word will resonate in our heart and the seeds will fall onto the good ground and gain great root and grow up to be a mighty oak in our lives, that we will live by your word and be an example of your word to others. We thank you and magnify you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we are in the second episode of our series called Neighborhood Watch. And our neighbors are more than people down the road. Our neighbors, according to Jesus, is anyone who's in need. Being neighborly means reaching beyond ourselves into the lives of those who need help. Again, this is the second episode, and our first episode was entitled, From the Start. And we were talking about how everyone was made the same. Everyone is on equal ground. Today our episode is, I was going to put it in a little country, but I, I, I decided to do, do proper English, is, who is that? Who is that? Not country. Who is that? For those of y'all that are fans of the New Orleans Saints football team, you know they always say, who that? But no, we're saying, who is that today? Our definitions are neighborhood is the area or region around or near some place or thing or the vicinity, nearness, the proximity. Watch is, to, is close, continuous observation for the purpose of seeing or discovering something. And then uh, our final definition for today is neighbor. A neighbor is a person who lives near another a person or thing that is near another, or one's fellow human being. I gotta read that last part again. Or one's fellow human being. We're gonna be in Luke, the 10th chapter, starting at the 25th verse. Luke, the 10th chapter, I mean, Luke, the 10th chapter, the 25th verse. And the good thing was that if you were paying attention during the children's video, I won't be up here about about two or three minutes, but I know you wasn't, so it's going to be more like 20 or 30. But anyway, be quiet. All right. Folks trying to tell me they was hearing. I ain't listening to y'all. I'm going to take my 20 minutes. All right. All right. So Luke, the 10th chapter, starting with that 20. Fifth verse says this, and behold, a lawyer stood up to, him, to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he, Jesus, said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, designed to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Who is that? Jesus replied, 
a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest came along and was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He, the lawyer, said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, You go and do likewise. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it falls upon the good soil of our heart in Jesus' name. Now, many of us are familiar with this parable. And we want to bring out a couple of highlights today regarding this parable. Who that? Who is that? My neighbor. Is it the person that lives next door to me? Is it the person that lives across the street from me? Is it the person that lives in my subdivision? Is it the person that lives in my city? Is it the person that lives in my country? Is it the person that lives in my state? Is it the person that lives in my planet? Who is that person that is my neighbor? And the answer to all those questions is yes. Those are all your neighbors. So we sometimes only say our neighbor is the person that looks like us. Sometimes we say our neighbor is the person that is in our same financial status. Sometimes we say, and when I say say, I mean our actions, which speak louder than words, say that we only look for those that are like us, similar to us, and we call them our neighbors. But if we remove all the preconceived notions, all the preconceived, well, I guess stereotypes is preconceived, uh, all, if we move, remove all that and look at it how Jesus brought it out, is if we follow Deuteronomy 6 and 4, which is where the, the, uh, the lawyer got this from, which is called the, the schema, the, the Shema, I'm sorry, which is the declaration that every Jewish person would say. It says to love people like you love yourself. Now, some of us love ourselves a whole, whole lot. And so we are to love others like we love ourselves, but not putting in any preconceived notions or conditions. And so in this situation that we are looking at today, this parable that Jesus gave, he took the term neighbor to a whole nother level. 
because we know the Jews were the kind that had the caste type of system. They, they, you know, the rabbis only fellowship with the rabbis and the priests only fellowship with the priests and the Levites, everybody had their position. But Jesus went way outside that. He went so far outside that the, it, caused, it caused some complications in people's minds and in their thinking. Because he could have said anyone else, and they probably would agree with him. But he went to the one folks that they disliked the most. Yes. He went to the folks that they just despised and said, this is what a neighbor will do. Now, if the shoe was on the other foot, if it was a Jewish person and the Samaritans were passing by, their expectation was that, yes, that's what a Samaritan would do because they don't really care about us. But what he did is he said it was a Jewish person that got injured and it was Jewish people that walked by and it was the despised person that did what was supposed to be done. The road that they were talking about is a road that was known for robberies. It was known for having people get beat up and killed. This road was known to be the path where thugs hung out. And so everybody understood. It's like when you tell folks, don't go to this side of town at night. There are certain parts of town that even police officers don't go at certain times of the day because the people are treacherous in their actions and what they do. So what Jesus says is a Samaritan is your neighbor. It's like walking up to somebody of the old Black Panther Party and saying your neighbor is a Klansman. <laughs> to look beyond your preconceived, your, your mindset of what this person is, and God saying beyond that, that is still my creation that I still want you to reverence and show respect to. Now, in our mind of minds, we can find many reasons to disqualify what God is telling us to do. I know y'all don't do that, but some people do do that. Some people say, well, God, they was mean to me. Some people will say things like, God, they looked at me funny. God, they had on the wrong clothes. God, they smell funny. God, they find justification for them to not do what God has established as the standard for being a neighbor. And so it ties in with our subject, our series, Neighborhood Watch. Because a neighborhood is where neighbors are gathered together. Now, back in the day when I was growing up, neighborhood was where, like Cheers, where everybody knew your name. You would, you would walk by folks that you had never heard before and they would ask you about how your parents is doing. And so you always had to act in a specific way because they tell 
your parents. Now, the whole neighborhood operated together. There's a saying that we've had, we have today is that it says it takes a village to raise a child. And a neighborhood back in the day operated in that same manner. We were talking, uh, I was watching a program and it talked about how in the early days of, of, of building houses, the front porch was really big, really open, and it allowed for when people were walking down, up and down the road to visit with one another. Today, the front porch is about two foot wide, but the back deck is about this wide because people have now isolated themselves from one another. Some folks don't even know when or if their neighbors are home. So the same type of mindset that it's very easy for us to be closed off and not realize who our neighbor is. I have discovered that when I seem to be at my busiest trying to do some things is the time when someone needs me the most. And I'm talking about I'm rushing to do some things. I'm trying to knock out my honeydew list and I'm not really paying attention. And I'm, then I kind of look up at the cashier and they look like somebody done ran over their animal. They just have this disposition. And I have, you have to sometimes shake yourself and say, how you doing today? And just speak words of life and encouragement to someone that's around you. One of the things that my mom told me that I've been doing since I was young was the fact that I speak, I try to speak to everybody. Now, I really don't want to have a conversation. I just want to speak to you. I just want to say hello. And sometimes that's what people need. They're going through some funk and their mind is beating them up and their inner voice is, is putting them down. But could you just be that neighbor to see somebody walking by and just say, hey, how you doing today? I ain't get one amen, but that's okay. This, it's, it's just kind of, it's just, just something that we have to look at. It's something that we have to push toward. It's something that we have to recognize that in our most busiest times, is when opportunities present themselves. And if we are not cognizant of that, we will be like the priest who was too busy to get to the synagogue to do what he thought he had to do at the synagogue in order to take care of, stop and take care of someone who was really hurting. It was a member of his synagogue because the synagogues were based upon the neighborhoods. And one of his members of the synagogue is laying on the side of the road, beat up, toe up, and doesn't have anything. And because he has to get to the synagogue, he has to walk on by. The Levite, the assistant to the, to the, uh, to the, uh, to the priest, has to hurry up and get there because he has duties to do for the priest. We can think of anything that we would like to do in order so it won't be inconvenience to us. Do you understand that sometimes that our inconveniences are God's opportunity to do something for someone else? We have to look at how God has, if we thought that everyone was our neighbor and had the mindset of everyone is my neighbor, do you believe that we would treat each other differently? I do. I think that if we got that idea, who is that? That's my neighbor. 
When folks hear you say things like that, they kind of look at that person differently because they look at you and say, well, that man considers this person a neighbor. That means they have some interaction with them. It's not like the, the Jews and the Samaritans. The Samaritans were the, the mixed race. They, they were the ones that kind of worshiped like us, but they weren't really like us. And we considered them lower than us. And, but the Samaritan in this discourse was the one that did what God wanted to have done. Do you realize that the lawyer, the man that knows the rules and the regulations, he was so in his mindset against Samaritan, he couldn't even say Samaritan. He was so against Samaritans that he couldn't say, he said the one that showed him mercy. Think about that, that we can get so entrenched in our ways that even when we are shown the right way, we still try to find a way not to capitulate to what is the right way. I ain't trying to get on nobody. I'm just trying to bring out some points. There are people today that have been in warring factions. They have been against each other. They have actually been enemies, but because of the grace and majesty of God, we see Pakistanians worshiping with Indians now because of the grace of God. We see certain African nations that were once bitter enemies are now working with one another. We see people that were, were rivals in high school or growing up because they were in different gangs are now coming together. Now, I don't want you to think that you are bad enough to test Jesus because the Bible says the lawyer was saying one thing, but Jesus heard what his heart was saying even louder. And so that's why Jesus flipped that script on him so that he would realize that if you want to have eternal life like you said, then you need to have mercy on whoever needs mercy. You heard me even say that he said, who is my neighbor? Because he wanted to look at his life and justify himself. I know, I know don't nobody else do that, but some folks try to do that kind of stuff. They try to look at the word and kind of look at, you know, kind of bend it a little bit and, and, and you know, massage it a little bit so, so they can say, well, that's how I fit into it. I, I know I didn't do it perfectly, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty close. There's an old expression that says, close only works with hand grenades and horseshoes. So we have to realize that there are people that need us to speak into their lives. There are people that need us. Who is that? Anybody that, part, part, ugh, anybody that crosses your path needs you to say something to them. And I want to use Jesus' saying today. If you look at yourself, 
And as you have heard this story, Jesus didn't call him out. All he said is, go and do likewise. And that's all I want to tell you. Go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. There was a saying that came out of this youth group that became a national phenomenon called, What Would Jesus Do? And the intention is always good, but the application sometimes becomes a complication. But that's what he's saying. He's saying, go and show mercy on who needs mercy. Go and show love to those that need love. Go and show peace to those that are distressed. Go and be that conveyor of what someone needs. We just read in our uh, uh, offering uh, message the fact that whatever we dish out is coming back to us. So can we not, can we not be the ones that hoard what it is that we have and be a blessing to others because we declare that we are blessed and not, we are blessed to be a blessing and not blessed to be a hoarder. And so we have a duty as we are sitting in our neighborhood watching what's going on to recognize that whoever comes across our path is considered our neighbor. So if someone asks you, who is your neighbor? There was, a, I believe it was Sesame Street. Sesame Street had all these different professions that worked in your neighborhood. Who are the people in your neighborhood? They're the people that you meet. I wasn't going to say they're walking down the street, but when you're walking down the street each day, somebody had a flashback to Sesame Street. We have this time, this time period now, where our nation is at its craziest as I believe that things are showing up that show how different we are. But someone, somebody of people need to be that beacon, that light that shows we can still, in the words of, I can't think of his name right now, can't we all get along? Rodney King, thank you. Can we all just get along? Can we all just help one another? Can we all look at ways to make our communities that much better? Well, friends and family, I told you if you paid attention, I wasn't going to be as long, and I was, I'm being true to my word, I believe. And I just want to let you know that Everyone that you come across is that person. Just say hi. Just say hello. And if you make them, if you say hi and the person break down and start crying, now I think they might need a little help. So 
please also be that help. Don't say, well, I did what Pastor said. I said hello, and they over there boohooing. And you run, walk off like, no, help them. Okay. Because, you know, folks will be like, well, I did what Pastor said. I know beyond that, do what needs to be done at that moment. And I'm telling you, it will become a blessing to you. All right? All right. Well, I just want to conclude today's sermon by saying this, that when you have Christ in your life, it makes this so much easier to do because your mind is changed and renewed so that you look at things in a different way. And so we want to encourage, if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is a good day as any to make that decision. The Bible lays it out very simply. They say it like, the Bible says it like this. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That word saved is an indication of being rescued or delivered. You're being rescued or delivered from the penalty of sin. The Bible says that the penalty of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we want you to be on the side of life and all that it has. Jesus said that he wished that you would desire to have that supernatural life, that eternal life. And in order to receive, to get that, all it is is that you make a public confession. I don't mean that you need to get on the radio and make it. I mean that all you have to do is speak with your mouth and believe. And the Bible says that you shall be saved. Then the Bible also says that if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. So it's not a very complex thing, but... What it is, is the beginning of a journey to help you to become more in conformity to who Christ is in your life. And we want that for you. And we will assist you. If you're here in the local area, you can come fellowship with us. If you're not, you can email us at info at godshousecc.com and we will assist you along this journey to help you to become all that God has for you to be because you are our neighbor you are our family you are the person that we desire to have reach everything that God has for you and how he wants to work in you well friends and family with that being said we have just concluded our second episode of our series neighborhood watch this episode was entitled who is that and that is who is your neighbor who is that person that needs you to be a neighbor to them well until next week God's blessings be upon you in Jesus name